corporate PPAs are critical to supporting Britain achieving net zero. Corporate PPA is one of the strongest ways to reduce your scope to emissions and make that really demonstrable in explicit way. Most renewable developers will need a tenor of 10 to 15 years to make their project work. So Tesco have, have been one of the leaders in the corporate PPA space in the UK and we have supported them with 11 new renewable projects through corporate PPAs. So GB needs to keep growing its renewable capacity so PPAs need to keep evolving to find new ways of helping new projects get built so we will surely see lots of innovation over future years. Welcome to the second of our series of Talking Power podcasts with EDF and The Energist. I'm Tim McMahon-Smith, editor of The Energist. You can access the first episode from the Energist.com website, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Today we're going to be talking about corporate PPAs. The PPA market's continued to grow rapidly. Despite COVID-19, the energy crisis, there's a demand from both parties to establish contracts that will benefit them. Buyers get green energy, important for net zero targets, CSR and hedging against price and volume volatility, while the asset owner is able to use the PPA to increase the bankability of the project. Power purchase agreements mean many different things to different people. The basic principle is a contract whereby an electricity consumer agrees to purchase energy directly from a power generator at an agreed price is straightforward enough. They're used for brown electricity as well as green. Renewable PPAs can be sleeved, physical, virtual, on-site, corporate, retail and utility to name just a few of the structures that are used. Power purchase agreements provide financial certainty to you and the project developer, which removes a significant roadblock to the building of new renewable facilities. Today I'm joined by Raghav Singh. Thanks, Tim. Good to speak to you again. Uh, Yeah, I'm Raghav Singh, head of large business within EDF Business Solutions, and my team's responsibility is sales, service and net zero solutions for our largest public and private sector customers. And also Tom Abbott. Hi, Tim. Yeah, Tom Abbott here. I'm head of PPA at EDF, and the purpose of my team is to buy renewable power from renewable generators across GB, and one of the key contract types that we work on are corporate PPAs. So what is EDF's view of the true definition of corporate PPA? Well, I think that's a good place to start, Tim, as as there are really no hard and fast rules around this definition, and there can be some confusion. So our view is that a true corporate PPA needs three things. Firstly, an explicit link to a named renewable project, Secondly, a link to the power generated by this project. And thirdly, an agreed price between the buyer and the developer of this power. A fourth element can be considered, but that that being that the the corporate PPA enables the development of a brand new project, therefore demonstrating what's known as additionality. Although we see this as the gold standard for a corporate PPA, it isn't technically mandatory. So whilst regos typically come alongside such arrangements, the regos alone don't constitute a corporate PPA, even where the buyer is buying these regos directly from a project. So what do you actually mean by additionality? So additionality is where you can demonstrate that uh, without your investment and commitment, the project wouldn't have happened. So it's a brand new additional project that wouldn't have happened without the commitment of the buyer. So the future deployment of renewables across the GB market, I mean, how does this affect the balance of the PPA supply and demand? So I think setting the context is, is, is really important here. So the UK government's got really strong decarbonisation targets, as they should have, yeah? So they've committed to decarbonising the power sector by 2035 and achieving net zero overall by 2050. So this, this is a big task and it requires a huge deployment of renewables to make it happen. Just, just to share a few numbers. So the government has 2030 targets to reach 50 gigawatts of solar. So that's a tripling compared to 2023. 30 gigawatts of onshore wind which is a doubling compared to 2023, 
and 50 gigawatts of offshore wind, which is, again, a tripling compared to 2023. So that's a huge amount of growth that's needed. Um, and multiple methods are going to be needed to support that growth to make sure those renewable megawatts get built. And I think that's where corporate PPAs can come in. So a key method for a developer of renewables to get the investment certainty that you mentioned at the start, Tim, that they need when embarking on a large investment such as a new solar or wind farm is through the government subsidy scheme, the contract for difference. But this is only going to support so much renewables. And we've seen poor outcomes from the most recent uh, CFD allocation round. Mm -hmm. Another really key route to supporting renewables to get a new renewable project off the ground is through a corporate PPA. So a corporate PPA helps the developer because in signing an agreement with a corporate where the corporate commits to buying the power from that new site for a fixed price, this gives the developer the revenue certainty they need to get investors and debt support to then actually be able to build the project. And in my view, that's how and why corporate PPAs are critical to supporting Britain achieving net zero. So it's actually allowing projects to get off the ground that otherwise wouldn't have. Exactly, exactly. And talking about new projects in particular here, as I mentioned, a huge number of new renewable megawatts needed. And the more different routes to deploying those renewable megawatts we have, the greater the chance we have of Britain reaching its net zero targets. So people can buy low carbon electricity from EDF. What are the options and how does the CPPAs fit into this? Yeah, good question, Tim. So we offer customers a number of ways to access low carbon energy, and it's probably best to state those in order of provenance. So firstly, we, we sell Rego-backed energy, where the customer's electricity supply is backed by UK renewable certificates, and the customer can elect that these come from what's, what's known as clean generation sources, such as wind and solar. We also uniquely offer zero carbon for business, uh, where the customer's electricity supply is backed by zero carbon nuclear generation from our own fleet. Mm -hmm. There's also a select renewable option. Uh, so this is where the customer can choose the exact source, location or project of the Rigos that back their energy supply. And there is often a contractual link with the generator in this option. And finally, the, the topic of the day, corporate PPAs. As I described earlier, given they come with a direct link to the renewable generator, the power as well as the Rigos, I'd state that these are the most tangible and authentic means to source renewable energy, particularly if it's a new or additional project. So why, why would a customer want to sign a corporate PPA? You know, what's the benefit? I would say, uh, you know, probably a long list of benefits, but I'll probably group them into three main sections, Tim. Um, so first and foremost, as I described earlier, they offer a very high level of credibility to the business's ESG and carbon reduction strategy. It enables them to report zero scope two emissions, but also uh, demonstrate additionality if it's a new project. They also offer a power price that is usually fixed for 10 to 15 years. What that means is this helps with budget certainty and risk management in a market that has been immensely volatile in recent years. Yes, it's great that the market price has stabilised in recent weeks, but given the geopolitical climate and what have you, you know, there's no telling what tomorrow holds. No. And thirdly, I, th I think uh, you know, this can depend on the type of organisation, but a corporate PPA is one of the strongest ways to reduce your scope to emissions and make that really demonstrable in an explicit way. So it can open the door to funding schemes if you're a public sector body or active in the education sector, for example. It can also strengthen your bid for business. So if you are a B2B supplier, for example, it gives you the ability to demonstrate a reduction in the scope three emissions of your own customers. So again, you know, it can really strengthen your bid for new business. It might be good here to delve in into a little more depth. So how exactly does a corporate PPA work? Yeah, so for our purposes in this discussion, we'll focus on 
what we'll call physically sleeved corporate PPAs. There, there are a few different types, as you as you mentioned in your in your intro, Tim. But we'll focus on physically sleeved PPAs for now because these are the most common type that we see in GB, and in our opinion, the type that brings the clearest link for a corporate to the renewable generator on the other end. So at a high level, a corporate PPA is a way for a corporate to get real traceability of where their power has come from, to have it physically sleeved into their supply contract rather than just it being backed by Regos, one of the options Fragad described earlier, and have that power come from ideally a new renewable asset, which means real additionality. So these work through a corporate agreeing to purchase the intermittent power from a new renewable project that a renewable developer is seeking to build. They buy that at a fixed price over a long time period or tenor. Often that's 10 to 15 years. So corporate PPA works by the developer transferring the intermittent renewable power to a shaping and balancing entity, a shaping and balancing partner, often a a large supplier like, like EDF, who will shape or firm the intermittent power from that renewable site into a baseload block. So the shaping and balancing partner will then sleeve that baseload block of power into the corporate supply agreement with whoever the supplier is at that corporate. And the shaping and balancing partner doesn't have to be the supplier? Exactly, yeah. There are examples where they are and examples where they aren't. So just thinking about some of the corporate PPAs that we've worked on, we have examples of both. Many where we are the supplier of the corporate, but also some where we aren't the supplier but sleeve the power to the incumbent supplier of the corporate Mm -hmm. to still make that corporate PPA happen. This does tend to require the corporate to be on a flexible supply agreement, which would normally allow the corporate to purchase baseload blocks of power on the market. But um, that baseload block of renewable power that I mentioned that's been shaped replaces some of those supply contract blocks. So that's the method through which a corporate PPA allows renewable power to be taken from a new renewable project and get into the supply agreement of a corporate. And while the renewable power isn't always half-hourly matched to the corporate's consumption, the corporate can legitimately say that they know which renewable project that that block of their electricity supply is coming from. And they've truly helped a new renewable project, if, if it is one, to get built, so a true sustainability success story. And as Ragad mentioned earlier, a corporate PPA would also normally come with the Regos. So the corporate can use that within any greenhouse gas protocol scope to emissions reporting. So how does this process actually work in the real world? You know, the experience of the corporate buyer, what, what would you say? So I think it can get quite technical and, and quite convoluted. So so I'll, I'll try to summarise it as clearly as possible. So it requires a, a motivated buyer that uh, is understanding of the, the benefits that a corporate PPA can provide. As Tom mentioned earlier, you know, there, there could be three potential areas of, of support that the customer will need. So firstly, the developer, secondly, a supplier, and thirdly, uh, a shaping and balancing provider. We have the strength of being able to offer all three within the EDF group. Um, so myself and Tom uh, and our teams work directly with each other. So I provide the supply arrangements and Tom and his team provide the PPA um, balancing and shaping arrangements. We also have a close link with our sister company, EDF Renewables in the UK, who is the developer. But we also very open and do, in fact, work quite regularly with independent renewable generators. So if you are interested, if a corporate buyer is interested, it'd be a good idea to speak potentially concurrently with your existing supplier and also get in touch with renewable generators or come and speak to us. And if I if I cover my view of the process a corporate might actually go through in the real world to make one of these corporate PPAs happen. So firstly, the corporate needs to find, of course, a new renewable project with a developer. 
as as, as Raghav's mentioned, we've been talking about. There's a number of ways that a corporate can go about that, um, either through discussing with their supplier, who may be able to help match them with a, a new renewal project, either being developed themselves or with an independent developer, or the corporate might choose to run a kind of an RFP process to invite renewable developers to propose a project to them. Or you can get the support of various intermediaries in the market to carry that kind of process out for you. So finding that renewable project is a key first step, and the corporate will want to consider the size of the new renewable project, the technology, when the project is scheduled to start generating, to check that it fits with their plans. I think the key next step is for the corporate to agree a price with the renewable developer to buy the output from that project and the the tenor or the length of the agreement. They're some of the most important terms to agree. Next, the corporate would normally start talking to balancing and shaping partners, be that their supplier or independent Mm -hmm. balancing and shaping partners in the market. So as I mentioned earlier, EDF has carried out balancing and shaping services where we aren't the supplier or the developer in the past. But you the corporate would start talking with those balancing and shaping partners to discuss the options for how the intermittent power is shaped into a block. And then, of course, the fees associated with the different options. So this shaping, or sometimes called firming, can be done in a couple of different ways. It can be done in a kind of a cost pass-through manner or a fixed manner, which, of course, affects the price of those shaping or firming services. So we believe it's, you know, it's important here to work with a reliable and experienced shaping partner who's got the expertise and the right industry agreements to be able to carry out this, this shaping and who's able to sleeve the baseload power into the corporate supply agreement. So with those, with those high-level terms agreed, the in-depth T's and C's negotiation is next. So this can be fast or it can be slow, depending on how experienced all parties are in negotiating corporate VPAs and also how many legal advisors are involved, of course. Um, a, a good example here, perhaps, is a corporate PPA that EDF worked on with, with NatWest. So NatWest are buying the power from a new solar site on Anglesey, developed by um, one of our sister companies, EDF Renewables. Mm-hmm. So EDF is taking that intermittent solar output from the solar farm and shaping it into a baseload block, and then we're sleeving that power, that baseload block of power, into NatWest's supply agreement with their current supplier. So this gives NatWest the ability to point to a real solar farm which is linked to their power supply through this sleeving and to make a genuine claim to have enabled a new solar farm to be built. And that's brilliant because it's, you know, truly helping Britain take that one step further along the road to net zero. With the balancing and shaping, is, um, is there a limit to how much you can actually do as a corporate buyer? So theoretically not. Um, as a corporate, you could choose to have all of your supply agreement filled up with blocks of renewable power or whatever method um, is chosen to to get that power in. Normally, we see corporates pursuing a strategy where they don't actually look to populate all of their supply contract with renewable power through corporate PPAs. Although you do see and hear of and read of some particularly large tech companies who are looking to almost overpurchase renewable power um, mm-hmm. to really try to guarantee 24-7 um, matching of generation and consumption. So what considerations should be made when choosing to do a corporate PPA and what challenges might be encountered? So corporate PPAs often aren't simple to negotiate, particularly when it's the first time a corporate has done one. And that's where it's particularly valuable to be working with experienced partners on it. So a particular consideration should be given by the corporate to the price, of course, the length of the PPA and the start date. Price is obvious why it's important. And the length of the corporate PPA is also important as the corporate may need to work within internal policy on these kind of things. 
most renewable developers will need a tenor of 10 to 15 years to to make their project work and, mm-hmm. and be able to get that investment from equity and debt. So I recommend bearing that in mind when heading into corporate PPA discussions. Also, consider when the project will be built and how this matches to the timing of any internal sustainability targets that the corporate may have because you know you may be able to find a project with a developer that is going to be scheduled to come online in in one year two years time mm-hmm. but but particularly bigger projects offshore wind for example will have a far longer lead time to actually get built and the time between now and when that might start is going to be important for a, for a corporate so in terms of challenges the negotiation of terms can be tricky particularly if it is the first time the corporate's negotiated a corporate PPA. Um, external support here is, is likely useful, but again, ideally working with counterparties and partners that have expertise and, and that you trust is going to make this a smoother process. So going in with eyes wide open that it will likely be a, you know, a time and effort commitment to get the agreement right for all parties would, would be sensible. Something I'd recommend watching out for is the risk of delays in the construction and commissioning of the renewable project. So many new renewable projects are being delayed in, in recent times due to grid connection issues, planning issues, supply chain issues or otherwise. All can be challenges, so it's important to make sure that you have a really clear view of what happens within your corporate PPA in that scenario. So if the, the, the renewable project was scheduled to come online and start generating in January, but actually it's not going to be until June that it's going to start generating, um, it's important to have clear terms and a good understanding of what happens in that scenario. Overall, we think it's important to view a corporate PPA as a long-term partnership, not just a transaction that can be done and then forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Therefore, finding a partner or a set of partners who have matching values and purposes makes it more likely that an agreement's going to be a success over the long term, as well as that initial PR splash that you might get. So ultimately, working with a reputable and committed partner, well-versed in managing the risks and with matching values, is likely to give the most successful partnership. Yeah, thanks, Tom. I'll add to that. As you described, there's there's a lot to it. There's quite a, a big time commitment. You need to have the risk appetite. You need to have the, the buy-in of your broader stakeholders within your organisation. So it will, will take a long-term partnership agreement, as, as Tom mentioned. So I would like to add that a good example of such a partnership approach is our relationship and success with Tesco over the years. So Tesco have, have been one of the leaders in the corporate PPA space in the UK, and we have supported them with 11 new renewable projects through corporate PPAs. And these range across multiple developers, EDF and others, and also a range of different technologies. We've managed to demonstrate together that where the values and drivers of the generator, the corporate buyer, and then the shaping and balancing partner all align, we can certainly sign agreements that meet everyone's goals in terms of price and budget certainty, the sustainability and carbon piece, which enables a really strong CSR and ESG story to be demonstrated. So these challenges, do you think they've actually become less over time with the volume increasing of corporate PPAs? I think so. As our track record has developed, you know, we've been doing these arrangements for many years and, you know, we are one of the very leading players in this market. And we've also, as I mentioned, you know, worked with the likes of Tesco, who in themselves have become more and more experienced in this space. So it becomes easier once you've struck your first corporate PPA to do your second and your third. But there's always a brand new, fresh challenge when you're embarking on this uh, for the first time. So we do have a workable set of terms ready and available for interested corporates. But inevitably, as Tom mentioned earlier, there are legal teams across potentially three counterparts to satisfy. So that terms and conditions negotiation can be quite long and laborious. But yeah, I think 
as market knowledge and the tangible benefits of corporate PPAs become more clear, I think it definitely enables us to kind of do more and more as, as time goes on. So what future changes do you expect in PPA market? So I think many is what we need. Um, the GB needs to keep growing its renewable capacity. So PPAs need to keep evolving to find new ways of helping new projects get built. So we will surely see lots of innovation over future years. One potential development could be around the half-hourly time matching of, of generation and consumption. So we're starting to see some players become interested in this. Um, and at EDF, we're keeping a close eye on regulation and emissions reporting guidelines to make sure we're at the forefront of, um, of that kind of um, temporal matching. So I think there could be a range of drivers for change in this market. There could be customer and market-driven changes, as Tom alluded to. But of course, there'll be things around kind of the rules and regulations in this space. So we've got a keen eye on developments within the greenhouse gas protocol, scope two emissions reporting guidelines and the consultation underway there. That could drive some mandatory changes in the way customers account for corporate PPAs. Going forward, uh, we'd love to be able to support, I would say, the next phase of customers for the corporate PPA drive. So we've had some major corporates be thought leaders in this space. But the second wave of customers who... Would these be smaller? Uh, yeah, typically, yeah. Music. You know, smaller market cap. They may not be, you know, the blue chip household names, but they are still interested. They still have, you know, very strong and, and worthy uh, sustainability requirements. They also have a keen eye on managing their energy exposure and price. So we are in discussions uh, with a number of organizations, including our developer partners, and how we can potentially provide solutions to them. And I think what's also really positive is that What's changing, we've seen an increase in the appetite from a broad range of corporates across the spectrum in corporate PPAs to, to use them as a route to demonstrate real change and their sustainability credentials. So I think that's a really positive change because ultimately that's what the country needs to try to shoot towards net zero. So if you don't know much about PPAs, wh where would you start? Where would you suggest you actually begin your journey? I think a safe bet is usually speaking to your energy partner, who's usually your supplier in the first instance, provided they are active in the corporate PPA space and have a, a strong track record. That said, we'd be very open to speaking to any interested potential buyer, even if they're not one of our existing supply partners. As I mentioned, we have a track record in this space. We can refer to some case studies and share some best practice as well to help you navigate the territory as a starting point and seeing if there's something for you. Thank you so much for that, Ragaf, and thanks both of you for joining us today. Pleasure, Tim. Great talking to you today. Thanks for having us. For the latest news and views, go to theenergist.com. And for more details on PPAs, go to edfenergy.com forward slash large business. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.